Welcome back. Episode 4, Chairlift Talks Podcast. We have people joining us today, which is a little scary. For the um, first time. For the first guests. time. What? We have guests, yes, for the first time. Yes. Um, we have two, which means it's going to be a nightmare editing this episode, but um, we have... I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, Wizzy, why don't, you, why don't you begin? Sure. My name is Wizzy. Um, I was friends with all these guys in high school, so that's how I know them. Um, I go to Notre Dame. I'm an electrical engineering major, and I have an energy studies minor. And then we have Ani. How are you Hi, doing, Ani? I, I'm Ani. Um, I also went to high school with all these people. Um, I'm also a freshman. No, no. I'm a sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sophomore. Um, I'm a civil engineer at the University of Amherst. University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Um, and I'm focusing in transportation. Yeah, so we have a pretty widespread uh, of majors here. Uh, most of us are engineering, uh, barring Noah. And then there's me. Yeah. <laughs> Noah just looks through telescopes or something. I don't, I don't really know what he does. Noah's still in STEM, though, so it counts. It counts. Yeah. It counts, yeah. Um, speaking of outliers, we're talking about a tech talk today. That's not really tech, but more talk. Um, last week, the Space Force for the United States, uh, got its name, the Guardians. <laughs> Why? Is it the Guardians of the Galaxy now? Exactly. Yes. Guardians of <laughs> yeah. the Galaxy. That's what everybody's thinking, isn't it? All I'm thinking Why? is, like, Chris Pratt in a spaceship, just, like, uh, protecting yeah. us. That's it. Yeah. Um, so... Naturally, we all did a little research on what the Space Force entails in itself. Um, we didn't really come up with anything. You did research? Interesting. Um, we looked at their website. Yeah, yeah the really shittiest website I've ever seen out of a... It <laughs> looks like a middle schooler did it. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> and one of the guys running it literally looks like an alien. Like, his forehead is the size of the moon. Um, <laughs> I don't... I have so many questions what this $15 billion is doing for us in space. Um, well, you know what I think is an alien? I think Mike Pence is an alien. And I've said this from the beginning. I've said this from the beginning. And this is just evidence. It's just piling up. This guy, John W.J. Raymond. First of all, weird name. Second of all, kind of looks like Thanos. Um, it's concerning. <laughs> I mean, their mission, their mission is all about protecting us against, like, uh... Missiles? Well, yeah, I think it's like it's pr protecting the U.S. and allied interests in space, and to provide space capabilities to the joint force. It's like that's uh, a direct quote from their website. I don't know what exactly that means, but space capabilities. Yeah, like what's the difference between this and like NASA? That's what I've been wondering this whole time. They don't have a ship. <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference. They have no way of getting to space. So they're just like, oh, we're patrolling space now, so you can't do any illegal stuff in space. We are but nobody's... patrolling space on the ground. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess we can't smoke weed on the ISS now. We will not stop them. We are literally pirates. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't... I don't, and who came up with Guardians? Where did that come from? Yeah, and they yeah, said... Yeah, I don't know. I read somewhere that it they had, like, had hundreds of suggestions or something. So, like, it's not like they didn't have options. That's that's what they wanted. They chose that. They They're chose like, Guardians. Yes. <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> you either think of Guardians as, like, Guardians of the Galaxy or, like, those creatures in Minecraft that guard the water temples. And <laughs> really Oh, my God. <laughs> Really had to bring Minecraft into this one. I'm just saying, that's like what it, what it reminds me of. You know, I think it's a tacky name, but like, I don't hate it. 
Like, I understand why they chose that. Because well, what, I don't. What else are they going to choose? Uh, to Soldiers? disable the, to to abolish disable the, the space force. Well, yeah, yeah I agree, I but, like, assuming that you're going to have a space force, what are you going to call What would you guys call the Space Force I think soldiers. They the Air Force. I think they should have named themselves the Space Race. <laughs> That's sketchy. <laughs> at best. And Guardians is what at best? Tacky? Yeah. Guardians, I think, is tacky at worst. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what I think. I think it's tacky at worst. But it's like definitely the worst side of what it could be right now. I feel like we should stop talking about this. We're, yeah. we're, we're just yeah. doing our job in deeper health. Okay. This is definitely the worst tech talk we've had yet. How many have we had? Right, Three? Yeah. I mean, we shit on the AirPods for like 20 minutes on our first one, so. <laughs> we absolutely ripped apart Apple with those yeah. AirPods. Um. Ani and Wizzy, I have a question for you guys. What do you think the percentage of our listeners are actually um, female? I feel like... Um, Wizzy, you go first. I watched your first one and you said the majority. So I'm going to say that held and go with 60%. I was also going to go around 60%. I believe it's 65 at this moment in time. So you guys are actually pretty close. Yep, 65% who listen on Spotify. Um, we only get gender breakdowns from 75% of our viewers. It's very weird how like, the analytics work out. Um, yeah, that was actually a good guess. Um, Ani, why did you go into STEM? So, um, basically my grandparents live out in Greece and driving there, there is this construction on an intersection that was going on forever. And I was always really interested, like driving by and seeing the changes every time. And then when I was looking at schools, I always knew I wanted to be an engineer or at least go into STEM. And my parents told me about civil engineering which helped me decide which school to go to and just like transportation in general and the patterns that go into it and like different timings for traffic lights and like having traffic intersections work so they're safe. So I was like just interested in knowing that and yeah. That's really interesting actually. I love it. Wizzy, what about you? Um, I always, or at least like throughout high school, I knew I wanted to do STEM, but I always thought it was gonna be like a hard science. Like for a while, I thought I was gonna do environmental science or biology. I actually applied to all my colleges colleges as a bio major. Um, I was pretty late on that I actually decided to do engineering. I never like thought engineering fit me. And it was, there was like a lot of reasons, but I think like the like, reason that really got me to consider doing engineering was like senior year spring semester in econ I wrote my ERP or econ research paper um on Tesla and like Elon Musk and I like kind of went super into it I like read Elon Musk's whole biography and like was watching a bunch of like um videos on like car batteries and stuff and like there was this like one video that I watched that was like about how they produce the batteries for the tesla cars and like this is the nerdiest thing but i literally after i watched it i was literally like this is the coolest thing i have ever watched and um then i was kind of like hmm <laughs> maybe i like batteries and then i kind of started thinking about um engineering more and i eventually decided to do electrical kind of like on just like a gut feeling i really didn't know anything about it but my gut was right so yeah do you do you enjoy it now like as much as you thought you would yeah like even more so i think like i feel like it's hard for a lot of engineering disciplines because most high schools don't really have classes geared in that direction so like honestly anyone when they pick what major they're gonna be if it's engineering you're kind of 
like taking a shot in the dark and just hoping that it's the right one. Like I know, at least for me, like at my school, like 50% of people change which engineering discipline they are like in the first semester, just because like you don't know what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was right. So (laughs) I feel like a lot of people that go into engineering just kind of have a a moment like on you said your construction site Wizzy, you said like your tesla like everybody like even the three of us when we talked about it in our first episode we kind of talked about like ben and i talked about loving planes and cars um but noah talked about like mr x class and like the moment that like he kind of switched over um and i feel like not enough people go with that god feeling and uh they get deterred easily. They're like, eh, this stuff's cool, but like, mm, too hard or something like that. And especially yeah. as like statistics show, women are much more deterred for many reasons that we're going to discuss today. I think it's like have either me? of you. What was that, Sam? Have either of you ever like felt? like pressured away from or deterred from STEM even in high school and when you're in college now? I mean, not really. Both of my parents are really supportive with it. My dad is an engineer. So like, I definitely think having like a supportive background is helpful to like push you because I think there was a little bit of like, I felt a little intimidated going into like a mainly male-dominated field, but, like, having a support system to, like, know that you can do it. And, like, I also found that teachers were, like, really help, like, helpful in high school. Like, I wanted to take AP Physics C, but I didn't have the right requirements, but the teachers, like, believed in me that I could and, like, got me into the class and, like, were supportive of it. And Mr. Allen, I think, was definitely happy to have more girls in his class. But, like, in the end, like, we also, like, he said something about how, like, more than half of his students in AP Physics C were female. So, like, that's definitely, like, improving percentages and, like, getting people more into the advanced classes. Yeah, I kind of, um, talking about Mr. Allen, I had, like, a similar experience with him and that, like, he recruited a lot of girls to take the class and I was one of those people and like um, literally half of my class was only, half the girls in my class were only there because he specifically emailed them over the summer and like asked them to take the class. And like, that's why I ended up taking it. I wasn't gonna take it otherwise. And so like, I think that just shows like how much a strong support system can do to like keep women in STEM and engineering specifically. and like me and Adi kind of come from similar backgrounds like my dad's an engineer too so like he never really like thought that's where I was gonna end up but like um he's definitely like since I've been in college like he's um great like he's the only person in my family that even like knows what I'm talking about when I like talk (laughs) about engineering stuff and so like it's really helpful to have someone outside of school that like you can talk about that stuff with And so, um, like, I've been very lucky to have, like, great teachers and, like, great family that supported me throughout it. So I haven't really had to, had any bad experiences in that regard. I think the Brain High School physics and math department are very good. Um, They're they're all very supportive teachers. We talked about Mr. Ack in one of our first episodes. Uh, Mr. Allen, I never... I never had him as a teacher. I don't know if either Ben did you. What, Mr. Allen? Yeah. Yeah, I had him senior year for physics C. Oh He's yeah. He's definitely a class. good teacher and like supportive and like if you like go to him for help, he will help you and stuff. So like I think it was also I found like going into college having taken AP Physics C where I did struggle. And I knew, like, you need to go ask for help and stuff. It was definitely helpful having that experience going to college, knowing that, like, I could do this and I could struggle but still do well in the class. 
and like having that experience before I even got to school. Yeah, physics. Um, and I'm, physics C was oh, probably ahead, the only class I took in college or took in high school that like actually truly prepared me for college. Like it's very much on the same level as a lot of my college classes are. I feel like it's very um, hard to replicate the college mostly because like college is every college is different in how they conduct classes and it's very hard to replicate that in high school but like teachers need to stop saying like your college professors won't blah 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 like (laughs) you don't know that first of all like we could have a guy that's just chilling in the back and gives one quiz for participation and that's your grade for the semester or like a paper a night like you don't you don't know, and it's so hard to like replicate the environment in high school. Um, yeah. Um, also, like, go ahead, Noah. I, I was just gonna say, ask another question. Like, so you guys were talking about teachers a lot. Um, going into college, did you notice like your professors were equally as supportive, or like, do you find them being more stereotypical, like biased towards men? Um, I mean, I'm still in contact with my uh intro to civil teacher he was like he was really helpful with both like male and female and like he wanted the best for us no matter what so like if you needed help you could go to him and he'd help you if you had question on the homeworks or during the labs he'd be willing to help you he literally just said if my door is open come in and like he would no matter who no matter the situation he was helpful For me, um, I feel like it's very hard to compare my high school classes to college because the majority of my college classes are right now big lectures still. And I don't generally like go to office hours or that type of stuff. I tend to learn better by just doing other things. So most of my professors in college, I'm not like super close with as, which is a lot different than high school because like obviously when you're in the smaller classroom you know the professor or the teacher better um but like especially like Notre Dame itself has a lot of support put in place to like help female engineers and I can talk about some of those stuff some of those things later um but like I think a lot of that stuff has helped me a lot um in that regard also like I have this one close friend at school, and we're both civil engineers, and we were, obviously with COVID, like, we were at home this semester, and we had this one female teacher, and, like, we constantly, like, my friend and I were super excited to, like, finally have a female teacher, because it was our first one in a civil class, and it was just, we both found it really exciting, and then we were also, like, kind of sad that we were online and like you couldn't really form as good of a relationship with your teachers when you are in person but like I think it's really like finding those teachers to like have also as like a support system in a way that like will support you and this teacher like could definitely be that and it's also nice having a woman teacher to like be that person. I feel like also TAs help a lot in college. There's not really a equivalent in like high school classes. You have like your classmates obviously, but there's not like that student teacher assistant whatever that is similar to you um, and like understands it a little bit more. It's like a lot of these professors like um, just like haven't been in school for a while and they haven't experienced like COVID school what these TAs have and they like understand what's going on and that also helps a lot um yeah Uh, sorry go ahead I was just gonna say I think you have to remember that um you like your high school teachers will say like your college professors won't be this forgiving like you got to be on top of shit but the reality is that the good professors are the ones that are forgiving and if you are struggling, they try to uh, get you up to speed, like, as hard as they can. Those are the good yeah. professors. I think a lot of high school teachers have experience with 
the older like the older style of teaching almost like when they went to school and i feel like in college nowadays it's much more i don't want to say relaxed but like kind of relaxed like a lot of professors are more understanding and lean towards the like uh lenient sides of things at least in my experience i think professors and teachers in general are just learning that people learn differently like not everybody can just intake a ton of information and spit it back out on a page yeah um and like in high school we all saw like a lot of teachers have different styles and some of us liked and some of us didn't like did we all have swiley as a teacher at some point in high school two years <laughs> two, yeah. two years two years, <laughs> two years yep yeah Freshman so, she was a very like relaxed teacher i would say um very like really? up, like she like she was very personal with her students which isn't like a bad thing um but she did a lot of like practice in her class at least from my experience and that helped me learn um and then there were the teachers that just stood up there and talked uh, i don't know if any of you had hiller um wizzy you i were was in, in your my, class you were in my <laughs> class for hiller you just kind of stood up there and talked for the 45 minutes and I learned nothing in that class. <laughs> he um, didn't say anything important ever. <laughs> so, like, there's, like, these different teaching styles. And in college, when you have five times as many kids, in some cases, like, you can't really tailor to each individual person. Um, but I think people are... I think professors are learning that, like, if they give a little bit of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for, like, a little Leanings. flexibility, then um, their students might learn better. I don't know. Yeah. All right, so we just went on one of our uh, classic tangents, um, completely anyway. unrelated to our topic today. But Let's talk about to... the stats? Sure, yeah. All right, so Wizzy provided us with this beautiful 89-page document full of statistics from looks like 2010 to 2019. Um, so the female to male um, bachelor's degree awarded um, is steadily increasing. Uh, so the female percentage is increasing, uh, looks about 5% over nine years. Which is really, um, I mean, it's great, but it's like, do you think it's sad that will, it's that slow? Do you think there will ever be a cap to that? Um, I don't. Is there? I don't think there's a graph of it. But like, um, like is the dream fifty fifty or is the dream a majority? Like, what is? What do you think? Like these women in STEM advocates want out of the future. I would assume 50-50. I mean, I'm no expert, but that, I mean, because it's the same, we have the same population of women and men, so you'd think if, um, like, it was going to be equality, then it would be 50-50. Yeah, I couldn't say any better than Wizzy. Yeah, I mean, that's just a, just a question. Ben, anything? Ani? Uh, I definitely agree. 50-50? is the goal. I think it'll definitely, like, it's definitely attainable, but I think it will take a while. Especially since we're seeing, like, in 2019, it was 22.5% of the people in STEM were women, which is sadly much, much less than 50 um, yeah, unfortunately, that, yeah, that um, percentage is fairly close to what my percentage for students is at school. Um, I don't know about any of you guys. I mean, Mo, Ani, Wizzy, and Ben go to pretty massive schools, so um, obviously that data is kind of skewed. Um, I don't know um, if... For me, it's actually, uh, I can talk about, like, the physics department 
specifically. I don't know much uh, about like STEM in general at Siena, but the physics department at Siena is like a huge proponent proponent of women in STEM. Uh, I think recently we actually graduated more women in physics than men. Um, yeah, but it, again, really it's a smaller college, so yeah. That percentage, by the way, is just is just engineering degrees. Um, there's a breakdown somewhere of um, all the STEM degrees. Um, just trying to find it. This is a huge document to go through. Yeah, it's kind of a pain. Yeah, that's a Ani's going through the UMass one right now too, and it's a it's pretty um, massive. For Master me, I'm looking um, 69% men, 31% women for Notre Dame and engineering. Um, so that's slightly better than the national average. Um, the master's engineering degree is actually a little bit more. So it's 70.9% male and 29.1% female, um, which is interesting. Um, so for bachelor's degrees, we have 28% women in engineering. A little bit higher. And the average. What page is the national average on again? Uh, I think it was like eight or something. It was degrees awarded. Yeah. Um, yeah. This the national average is twenty-two and a half. It's a very dense I'm document. Sure we're all above it. Um. There's a lot here. So. It's definitely really important to get as many women in STEM as possible. Um. Especially and because, it's, especially because it's like, a lot of the time it's like, it's men's fault that women don't come into STEM, which is completely ridiculous to me. Yeah. Like, it is our fault, it is the way we treat women, especially in high, in high school and undergraduate, is the reason why many women do not enter STEM, and it's, it's really sad. Is it because it's, of that? Um, well, that's that's that. what I've seen at least. Also, is it how parents raise their kids, giving like boys the Hot Wheels and the fake toolkits and giving girls the Barbie dolls and whatever? Um, do you think that's like um, a reason why there's such a skew? I think that's definitely a reason. Like, I would say. Like, in general, it's just the culture. Like, I don't want to, like, blame men because when it comes to, like, implicit bias or something like that, like, women have just as much of implicit bias against it. So I'd be just as likely to be deterred from STEM by, like, a female teacher as I would a male teacher by, like, some implicit bias that they had. But, like, when it comes to, like, like the cultural aspect of, like, like toys are a really big part of our culture and like they're a great example of like w what like priorities we have and like what message we're sending to like girls and boys and like if you look at the toys that you give to girls and boys like you're sending them an entirely different message and like so if you give like a boy a lego set like the skills that he's gaining from that is like spatial awareness, like problem solving abilities, being able to read instructions and follow them, like general, like resilience, even like if it doesn't, if you can't like build the thing the first time or something like, and then you compare that to like giving a girl a doll or something like, sure, she might gain like some communication skills or something if she's like playing with it. But like, it's a very different skill set that like, you're teaching a girl that it's important. So, like, in my opinion, it's not only that, like, you're, like, the guy is set ahead in those areas because he has 
like the toys that are teaching him certain skills but like it's the message that you're sending that like this is what's important like for girls it's important for you to be pretty and like be a princess and like for boys it's important that like you can do technical skills do you think it's the parents job to um put legos in the hands of their daughters or do you think it's more of the corporation's job to market more towards younger women i think just like overall like the market for toys should be like not like gen not completely gender specific yeah i agree i had legos growing up and they it definitely helped me learn like more stuff with like balance and like building and everything and but i mean i also had the like Polly Pockets or Bratz dolls, like American Girl dolls. Like, I had both. And I think it was definitely my parents who were more, like, willing to go out and get the Legos. And, like, they saw it that, oh, just because they have daughters, they, we have to get dolls. Like, they were the ones that went out and got us Legos. But then, like, it was more like, my grandma saw it maybe a little weird that we got Legos for Christmas instead of a doll. So, like, I think my parents definitely did a good job, but I think overall, like, it's a little work from both sides. Like, parents seem to realize that you don't have to give your kids gender-specific toys, but then also, like, marketing toys, it doesn't need to be completely gender-specific either. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think it's definitely, like, both um have a part in it like if you're the parent you need to make sure that you're giving your children equal access to different types of toys but like if you give but then where like the industry comes in is like if you give a girl a like you're trying to have her build like a lego like fire station or something like that might not be something that she wants to do but if you're having her build like a lego princess castle like that would be something she'd probably be more willing to do so like and like it seems dumb but like if you're a five-year-old like that like social norm of like what is like feminine versus masculine is already ingrained to you at that young of an age that like girls are gonna be less willing to play with toys that are that are more stereotypically masculine and so it's important that like the industry also has a market for toys that are going to give you that same set of skills that, like, is more, like, feminine. So, go ahead. Also, like, growing up, like, we had, like, the normal, like, red, blue, green, yellow Legos. But then my parents also, like, had found a set that was kind of more, like, smaller scale that had, like, the white, the baby blue, the pink, the purple, to just, like, I, I mean, like, those colors were just, like, more appealing to me at that age, but they still, like, taught me, like, how to build stuff and everything. Like, I built plenty of stuff with them. So I think it's just having, like, just a market that's more expansive. And, like, like Wizzy said, like, if you're gonna have, like, Lego sets, like, market them to also what, like, girls would want to build, like, a castle or, like, something they could put, like, if they had a doll, they could put, like, they could build a castle and then put their doll in the castle. So, like, it's just marketing towards the audience. Children so, are also very, like, they're not consistent with, like, how impressionable they are. Like, I feel like we all have these, like, moments of our childhood that we vividly remember. And the rest of it is just kind of, like, a blur. And those moments aren't, like, those emotional attachments we have to our toys aren't predictable anyway. Um... So our parents just, like, like, they could give us Legos our entire life, but, like, the one time they give us something different and we decide we like that more, like, it's impossible to predict what is going to um, leave an impression on a child. And it's, it's why it's so difficult to, like, I mean, raise a kid in general, I guess. Um, especially, like, giving them equal opportunity to, like, be themselves because you never know like a fluke in one day could change everything around them 
Um, and I think the environment that they grow up in is a huge part of like why, what, what they get interested in, in their, uh, teenage years in high school, stuff like that. Sorry, no, I cut oh, you off. Go ahead. It's fine. Um, well, it's good. Cause I was going to switch notes anyways. And that, I feel like that's a good closing statement with it. Um, so to kind of switch topics, uh, I, I, this is kind of off of what I was saying earlier, uh, with, like, men, like, not being as wel- welcoming as they could to STEM, um, and I, f- I feel like a part of that, which I found out only a couple of years ago, is, uh, mansplaining, so I don't know if you guys want to talk about that a little bit, um, how has that impacted, like, your confidence, um, stuff along those lines? I know this wasn't on like the pre-prepared, the like prepared yeah. questions. So, take take some time. I just thought of it and was like, no, that's a great point. I mean, this kind of goes into like one of my bigger like apprehension, not like apprehensions, but like something that I've seen as being like a woman in STEM is this, like that kind of goes into mansplaining. I guess is that like I always have feel like I need to be like 100% correct 100% of the time because once I like make a mistake or answer a question wrong I feel like I'm kind of like booted to the side and like not really seen as capable so it's like I always feel like there's a lot of pressure to always be right always know what you're talking about and then it then like if you do like make a mistake you kind of have these people in your face being like that's wrong like no and that's kind of hard to, because, like, I also don't speak up a ton in class, because I'm, like, I don't want to say something wrong in front of a hundred people, and then they all think I'm, like, incapable of doing a math question or something. So that's something I struggle with. It's just, like, I can get something wrong, and, like, it will be okay in the end, but, like, it's hard in the moment, I guess. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I don't know if I've ever asked a question in a lecture of over, like, 20 people. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually just sit there and I'm like... <laughs> I've never had a lecture larger than 30 people. Damn. Really? So, <laughs> go, to a, go to a small school. I go to a small amazing. school, I've had 200 people lecture. <laughs> kind of on this topic, um, do you guys, like, do you guys have trouble asking questions out loud in lecture? A lot, like if you're in huge lectures. Or, or do you like? I think like. Do you have more? Do you feel like you have more trouble because you are a woman in STEM? Is that like Ben? Is that what you're trying to get at? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like uh, engineers have to take a ton of gen ed, so like, or like chem and physics, but like, which are like 200 people. Like, I wouldn't ask there, but I did find like. In my intro to civil classes, they were, like, a hundred people. And this was with the professor that I, like, still talk to. And, like, I found that by, like, the second semester when we had him again, it was a lot easier to ask questions because it was the same group of, like, a hundred kids again. So, like, we knew each other more. And it's, like, oh, I knew some of the guys there. So, like, they knew that I was capable in some area, like, with, like, work and stuff. So they... Like, it was more, like, easier to ask, in a sense. Just knowing that I had a supportive teacher and knew more people in the class. Mm-hmm. This is also so much easier in, like, if it, online school. Like, if I'm in a 200, if I'm in a 100-person lecture I in person, I'm not going to stand up and say a question. But, like, if I'm in my room, like, I'm more likely to just, like, type it in chat. And yeah like something something that i've thought of during the pandemic was like obviously when we're done with this zoom's gonna go away but i think the concept of the zoom chat should stay yeah yeah it, it makes so much sense being able to just like have your name up there versus like your whole your you feel less exposed yeah i guess or even in, yeah. even anonymously ask questions yeah you can like, like dm the teacher or whatever it's a great system <laughs> 
that like that was a, don't not dm but like, <laughs> anonymously say something but I mean, it's a great system that isn't used it wasn't used up until now um like i had like the clickers in like I clickers. well like teachers should let you like use your phone yeah i think i, I think i have mine somewhere here still my eye clicker <laughs> <laughs> I never bought one of those. In my in my class, instead of using an eye clicker, they ask they ask a question, and they'll put a question on the board, and then we have cards that have A, B, C, and D, and then we fold them in a way where we just hold up an A, B, C, or D. He always got my like several I would be like so inclined to change my answer if I was like, if I was like D and actually like two Bs, I'd be like. Oh, yeah, yeah, when that happens, you're like, nope. shit, I'm wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, I think the system makes it easier to ask questions and for more people to understand. And if and when COVID goes away, hopefully that system remains. Um, but, you know, probably not. I think also with Zoom, like... Being able to type your question, I've found, is a lot easier than, like, having to say it out loud because if you haven't noticed, I kind of stutter over my words a little bit and, like, my thoughts aren't all, like, as coherent. So, like, being able to type it out and, like, not having to speak or, like, can they hear me? Like, am I crackling up? Like, it's just, like, with the text message, it just goes, and then it's there. Yeah, you can also, like, look at it and be like, is this a stupid question? Like, should I really be asking this? Like, you can't do that if you're halfway through the question already. Um, but, like, if you see it, you you might be more inclined to, like, figure it out just, like, right there and then. Um, okay, you know, another one. Sorry, but, go for it. Just so one more thing on that. <laughs> I think an important thing to recognize is that there's no such thing as stupid questions. Yeah, I think yeah. that has to be enforced all the time, and it's it's really comforting when a professor says something like that. It just takes a lot of pressure off of everybody, oh, yeah. especially yeah, women in STEM. I think another tangent down. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind um, of a tangent, not really. So, Wizzy and Ani, have you guys had any like group projects? in school and have you ever like felt left out left out of the loop kind of just like we don't want your opinion yeah if it was like a group mainly male yeah so the one thing this is one of the things i was talking about that is like a policy in the college of engineering like when they have group projects um they for either way so like either for girls or boys they're not gonna stick one woman or one man in a group like the groups that i've been in have been groups of four and then so like if the class which is normally predominantly male they'll have groups of four guys and then they'll have groups of two guys and two girls and because there have been studies like showing that for both genders if you're the only person of your gender in a group project you're less likely to participate or like do as much stuff and um so like first semester that's how they did it and then for my freshman year when I was doing group projects and then second semester I was actually my engineering class was majority woman because we got to choose our teacher and um it was like the one female teacher that everyone want all the girls wanted so the class was majority girls and so then they did the opposite and they had groups of four girls and then they had groups of two guys and two girls um and I think that helped a lot because um like, it definitely, like, if I was in a group and it was, like, five guys and then me, like, I might not feel comfortable, especially as a freshman going in, um, like, participating and doing as much work. But, like, when you have at least one person of your gender in the group, it's, it makes it a lot more comfortable. We had a whole semester-long project in my first semester as a civil engineer. And we literally picked our groups on the first day of our labs and like we knew no one. So like going into it, like I was in a group that was 
it was five people, so three girls and two boys. But I also, like, looking back on it, like, I kind of tried to, like, take a bigger role, like, in the project. But then I also felt a lot of pressure to be 100% at anything I did at the project. Like, at the meetings or something. So, just to get stuff, like, to get stuff done and stuff. Um, it was definitely, like, a bigger role to take. But I think it was a good learning experience. And I didn't think that the guys, like, looked down at the three of us at all. Or, like, saw us, like... Like, they kind of treated us, and, like, we divided the work equally, so, like, we all were pulling the same weight and stuff. I really like that policy where, like, there shouldn't be one gender, um, just, like, one person in a group. Yeah, I do, too. I, um, I actually might email the chair of the physics department about that, because that sounds like a really great policy to me. Um... I I had one group project um, so far, and uh, it was in a class with one girl. Um, she was not in my group, but uh, I couldn't like. I don't. She sat in the back. She didn't say much. Uh, but my teacher was female, so she would call on her every once in a while. Um, but yeah, like that. That's a great policy. Um, even for like high school too that should be a thing um i think high schools like with group projects is a good stepping stone to like have you get understand how to do teamwork and like get used to group projects because it happens a lot in like the real world and in college like you're constantly working with people so i think high school should focus more on trying to do group projects and like have possibly a policy on the like percentages in a group of like male to female ratios mm-hmm. i definitely agree i i think i underestimated how much group project how much of a part of um work group projects would be in college and in engineering it's crazy everything's done in a group so learning those types of things um, and educating yourself about uh, what actually makes a difference, which a lot of small things make a difference. Um, I think it's really important. Yeah, working together um, in college is huge because um, there's always going to be somebody smarter than you. Um, and if you don't use them as a resource, you're you're not doing it right. Um, there's always going to be somebody that knows and understands something, maybe just a little bit better than you, or you know it better than them. And if you use them as a resource, um, it doesn't like it'll help you through and help you understand. Because sometimes a friend can explain something a thousand times better than a professor can. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And until you get to the exam and then you're all screwed. Yeah, but... you're you're fucked no matter what. Okay, you can do as much as you want. You're fucked. <laughs> um, Noah wrote down, I think it was Noah, somebody wrote down an interview Oh, yeah, question. yeah, I put this. So, um, just like a, I guess like a closing question kind of, uh, so like we have not covered like nearly everything when it comes to women in STEM. There's like tons of resources out there that talk about like more what people can do um, to encourage women to uh, go into STEM. But um, what do you guys think uh, men can do and professors can do to encourage and parents? We talked yeah. about that, but like, okay. uh, what do you guys think like? they can do to encourage more women to go into STEM. So get us closer to that 50-50 ratio we talked about. I think it really has to start younger because, like, starting in, like, grade school and stuff, that you, like, are being, like, more introduced into math and science and, like, 
I like just being more exposed to it younger because then you know about it earlier and can kind of see like kind of know like a direction you could go in because like I always knew that I was gonna go into something with STEM but like I didn't know specifically so like more info about it younger would have been helpful yeah I think definitely starting young I would say even younger than elementary school like right like I think there's some like psychology like the most impressionable time and like a child's life is when they're very young like toddler like three to five years old or something and so like that's the time that and a lot of that responsibility falls on the parents and now that we have a bunch of research about this um like parents should know that um they like have the ability to make sure that their daughters are given an equal opportunity as their sons are to go into stem and then like going from that just like teachers and parents and any superior just to be um like supportive of girls like something like the mr allen like even just like taking an extra step going the extra mile to make sure that people that girls know um the opportunities that are there for them like can mean more than the than you would think and then for like an equal standpoint like your peers and friends and stuff like honestly just treating them like an equal like making sure and like being cognizant if like you are mansplaining or something like that like just trying to recognize that and like because if you don't recognize it and you just like if someone like tells you you're mansplaining and you say like oh no I'm not like then you have no way to fix the problem like admit like when you've made a mistake and just try to work to move on and yeah just like treat people as your equals i think another thing is it's like one big thing for me is like i want like it's hard for me to make mistakes in my engineering classes and everything so like as like a male like classmate or something just knowing that like if we do, like, I feel like it's easier for them to make mer- mistakes and for us to, like, mess up on a problem or something. So just being, like, respectful that we are going to make mistakes, but that doesn't mean that we're not, like, incompetent or shouldn't be in the program. Like, we worked hard. We got there, too. Like, we can be here. So just the respect for it as well. I think that's all we have for today. So you heard it here, folks. Heard it here first. Cut the umbilical cord and give him a Lego. Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> thank you. Thank you to Ani and Wesley for coming on. I yes. really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yep, Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week for physics, I believe. Yeah. Maybe. We'll we, we got a lot of interesting stuff next week. Um, if you are scared easily or are Schrodinger's cat, please don't listen next episode. Thank you, <laughs> and uh, goodbye.